Are you curious about the future of video editing and compositing? Are you wondering how AI is changing the game? Do you want to discover the cutting-edge technology that is shaping the future of video editing? If you do, join us now in episode 2310, when your hosts, Bill and Sean Johnston, the CG Pros, will explore the fascinating ways that AI is revolutionizing the industry when they answer the commonly asked question, how is AI being used in video editing and compositing? On the CG Pros, CG Insider Podcast. Hello and welcome to the CG Insider Podcast. If you're a returning fan, it's great to have you back. And if you're new, a special welcome to you. Today we'll be discussing a fascinating topic submitted to our Ask Us Anything page at thecgbros.com by a listener named John P. from Houston, Texas. And John asks us, how is AI being used in video editing and compositing? I'm Sean Johnston, a professional CG artist and animator in the video games industry with over 28 years of experience and currently uh, working as a full-time animation director. And I am Brother Bill Johnston, and I'm an industry veteran with over 20 years of experience specializing in 3D animation and digital VFX. And by the end of our discussion today, yeah, we'll, we'll talk about a lot of things. And I, you've gained some, some great insight, I think, into the cool history and impact that AI is having in the uh, areas of video editing and positing. Uh, but you'll also discover some of the practical applications uh, of this technology as we go through our discussion. And we'll also talk about how uh, AI is transforming the video editing and compositing industry itself uh, by certain things, you know, and we'll get to that. But uh, we'll just talk about some of the cutting edge innovations that are being developed. Uh, and we'll also talk about um, some of the changing roles uh, and some, some jobs that might be coming up and going away and, and some of the p potential future developments uh, of AI. Uh, when combined with this kind of technology. So uh, this is a pretty pretty exciting episode. We're glad to have you along. Um, and thanks for submitting this question, John. Uh, so, Sean, you know, over the last couple of years, AI has, has really, you know, started to revolutionize things. It's starting to, you know, get into every every field or, uh, of entertainment, it seems, uh, specifically in games and film and video, uh, and more specifically, film editing and compositing. Uh, I think it's hitting know, every single person uh, every single day. You know whether they want it to or not, it's hitting their phones, and you know they don't. A lot of it is is done where they don't even realize that the AI is being used. In, yeah, in especially when they ways. when you talk about filters on your phones. I mean, your, the phones have some pretty interesting AI applications already built into them, and people don't really realize it. Right. I wonder if we'll ever be, uh, basically get tired of the subject of AI. I just don't. I don't think we will because there's. It's just. It's not going away. It's going to be even more involved in our lives, and and uh, I'm I'm looking forward to. Uh, the the positive aspects of it, so oh definitely, good. and the the, the rate of change, and that's that's uh, to what you said, the, the, that's because the, ch the rate of change, uh, some of these innovations are coming so quickly these days, just due to the the the, the focus on them for one thing, uh, and the energy and money, uh, but the potential for for just altering, uh, you know, our art as we know it, and and other things as well. Yes, and getting back to. Uh, art and editing. Uh, basically, before the the uh, advent of computers, it was a manual process. Um, editor, editors physically cut and splice strips of film together, so it must have been a really difficult time doing that. You know, for the desired sequencer, you know, uh, it's a lot of lot of uh, manual labor there. So um, that's in the, the editing side. Of in things, the editing right? I mean, side, cutting, yeah. Problems. Yeah. The problem with doing it obviously a manual process because you can't do it in the computer. Would mistakes could ruin the entire scene. So. They, the editors had to work closely with those directors um, to uh, ensure that that final uh, edited sequence uh, aligned with the director's vision. 
Um, and yeah, just in case you don't didn't know, sorry, Sean. I, that, no, I, go ahead. Uh, you know, just editing. You know, in case case you know you're not familiar with with the what editing exactly is. It's just a, it's just the process of selecting and arranging different video and audio footage uh, together and and putting it in, in order. You know, basically prioritizing it and putting it and arranging it in, in a way that conveys the story, basically. And so you'd you'd actually have to cut up film in the old days and and do it that way. Right. So you have a cohesive story or communicated message during your filming. Exactly. Thanks for thanks for. Uh, clarifying that so yeah like i said it was a very manual process um how about compositing you want to you want to go into that and then i'll just kind of explain that a little bit oh, sure the yeah, advent no, of computers uh, i'm compositing uh, as opposed to editing uh you know compositing is is is, is, is once you is, is handling an, a scene by itself it's it's kind of the where you combine different visual elements and, and that's how live action cgi is is uh, combined and as well as special effects and you know it's all compositing is the process that you put all those different elements together to create a hopefully a seamless and believable uh, image uh, and it's it's an art form into itself uh, whereas editing is also an art form they kind of go hand in hand uh, to tell the story uh, if you do some effective compositing and uh, you you can you can add elements to scenes and remove elements to a scene you can change the lighting um, or the background and you can just make make it look different uh, here's an example of that uh, I've got here here's a from uh, a great great breakdown reel uh, on our channel uh, Check out our channel for that. But you can see the different elements put together here are all separate. Uh, and one of the one of the cool things that uh, or old technologies is well, they still use it today is the green screen uh, background. But with virtual sets, and we'll get into that a little bit later. Uh, this 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 is even changing. I mean, this this really isn't that old. This technique of doing green screen removal uh, and inserting backgrounds and stuff. But the, the 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 process of combining all these elements together and grading it and putting these you know elements to you know pasting things that, are, that maybe weren't there originally, as you can see in the background there. That's 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 compositing. And and, and it's really if it's done well, you don't even see it yes and that's obviously using the computers up-to-date computers to do a lot of those uh, compositing things before that it was a lot of it was um, optical printers they were using for and they did various effects like split screen or rear projection you've seen those in some of the older films I mean all the time you'd see them driving in a vehicle and they'd, they'd compositing two images they would have a projection behind the, the actors and actresses inside the car for example Oh, and that's not a new technique either. We've talked about you know compositing in the past podcasts where you know you, they were doing that even in the eighteen nineties. Uh, George George Millet's or Jorge Millet Millet uh, was a French filmmaker, and you know we've we've shown this before the the trip to the moon where he did a lot of that compositing and, and matte painting and uh, different. Here's here's one from a pretty famous one he did with uh, called uh, Mary Frolics of Satan. But I mean, he, he composited these elements together to make some pretty amazing stuff, even for back then. He's, he's like the godfather of fantasy film genre. Yeah, I think, I think a lot of it also with the advent of sound in the, the 20s, um, editing became even more complex. So the film filmmakers had to synchronize the sound with the image tracks and make it feel more realistic and more engaging. And, and uh, you know, it's just suspension of disbelief, so you're getting more into the film. But a lot of the... Um, uh, editing techniques such as cross-cutting and match cuts were basically a way of creating more dynamic storytelling. So that was done in, in the 30s and 40s. Um, and then, of course, in the 50s and 60s, you got the French New Wave movement where they're uh, experimenting in, in filmmaking and they begin to push those boundaries of editing and compositing um, using, um, <clears throat> excuse me, technology or techniques, I should say, of, of jump cuts and and different wipes and different kinds of dissolves. And, right. And, and cool, so, yeah. Yeah. And, and in fact, I don't know when the first blue screen or matte painting or actually blue screen was used. I don't I have no idea or green screen. 
Uh, I couldn't find that uh, as far as information, but it doesn't seem like, I mean, it seems like it's around 50s and 60s, I guess. I don't, I'm not sure. How about you? Do you know? The well, I think they, no, I, I don't know the exact date. Uh, you know, I, I think uh, for the most part, uh, they, the weathermen were using it, uh, you know, in the 70s. So, <laughs> yeah. So I think that's probably right. On TV, you'd see a lot of that stuff. Um, so I wonder when that uh, officially did. But anyway, so those are for sophisticated compositing, you know, 50s and 60s. And of course, in the 70s and 80s, you had those blockbuster films where you had the special effects um, that were basically driving all the films at that point in time. And they had to create com uh, complex com compositing techniques, such as. Well, I think uh, in the first Superman movie, they, they they photographed him against a green screen. That's how that's you see a man fly. You could believe a man could fly. You know, I mean, that was that that was cutting edge back back in those days. Well, I'm trying to think of the original super uh, the original Superman. Right? Didn't they uh, they compose him? <laughs> Remember yeah. that? Yeah, yeah, they green screened him. Yeah. The original, though. Oh, the, oh George the, Reeves. Yeah, George Reeves. Oh, well, that, that was just Reeves. <laughs> Yeah, but uh, that's right. That's right. Uh, isn't that funny? They're, they're, they're named the same. Very, very similar. What if they were related? But uh, yeah, I mean, so for example, in the 70s and 80s, motion control, digital compositing started uh, happening a little bit. Um, and then, of course, in the 90s, you had, uh, you know, com combinations of all of them. You had traditional digital editing techniques. And so is it, they were using all these things to just create that immersive world that we see on screen. And so, um, for example, going back to the physical compositing, basically King Kong, you guys remember that, they used a, a physical composite. Um, the Kong Battles, a group of biplanes atop the Empire State Building. So they, uh, they filmed those biplanes against a black background and then uh, used a, what they call a traveling mat um, process to combine the footage with the miniature model. So uh, with the stop motion animation of Kong. So there's a lot of that that was going on. Star Wars, of course. Um, Casablanca. I mean, you name it, they used it. And of course... Um, the uh, matting that you saw, I think we showed this on one of our previous podcasts where they had the uh, 1939, the, the Wizard of Oz. They uh, had created a scene where they, Dorothy meets the Scarecrow and they, they filmed the actors against the black background and then that black uh, background was uh, replaced with footage of the cornfield using a, a traveling mat as well. So, um, Yes, and in the Star Wars films, they actually, the, the motion control camera was really the, the tech that brought that, made that film so amazing is because they could shoot different things with the exact same camera move and then composite them together and they all matched seamlessly. I mean, it was, it was well, quite... Well, I mean, they, mat they match, but you always see that little halo around the, the um, X-Wings and the TIE Fighters. You'd see that little halo. And so it wasn't until really where you could go to a pixel by pixel... Well, I never said it was perfect. What's that? <laughs> I never said it was perfect. Yeah, seamlessly. Wow. I guess for the time it was, but you know, you you saw those halos, but it was like, wow, I still yeah. didn't bother you. We're so sophisticated today, right? Well, you know, so that brings us to kind of how 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 AI is being uh, used today. You know, we we've it, it's kind of eking its way into all the different processes that we've talked about, especially in the areas of art and entertainment. Um, and uh, it, it, you know, I think for the most part. You know, if I had to, you know, it could do some amazing things. And most most of it, though, is a, is time saving. It it'll, you know, you can you can do all those manual processes that you used to have to do before. Or, or well, there's it can even do more incredible things. But you know, at at a minimum, it's just speeding up efficiency and allowing these processes to be done faster and and, and more efficiently, which is in the end more cost effective. Yes, and you know, early two thousands is basically a lot of the experimenting was happening with using machine learning to. For example, automatically detect and track objects, like you're saying in video footage. Um, a lot of that was mostly academic research, and, and it wasn't really uh, for real-world use at that point. 
Um, by the late 2000s, like 2010, you saw this huge leap forward in, in deep learning and con um, convolutional uh, neural uh, networks, CNNs, uh, not CNN, the uh, news station, but, but that allowed obviously more sophisticated algorithms that could understand you know, the content of the video frames and make basically intelligent decisions about how to process those, those frames, which is amazing. Um, so, for example, you, you know, deep learning would be used to automatically um, take a, a bunch of video uh, that you shot, for example, like hundreds and hundreds of hours, for example, and it, it could create, analyze those videos together, um, organize them in shots, and then you can actually make a highlight reel just by using AI. So it's amazing. Yeah, well, well Adobe Sensei uh, has the ability to, to, to Sensei. do some an analysis. Sen Sensei? Yeah. Sensei? Mm -hmm. uh, as well, you know, it can automatically do cuts and transitions and effects uh, in the content of your video. Yeah, you just have to. It, it's pretty amazing stuff, and it's you can do color grading and correction uh, with it as well. I mean, DaVinci Resolve and Color Lab AI, and, you know, like you said, analyzes the footage, and it can do it can do you know color grading automatically adjust, which is automatically adjusting the colors of of your video, um, and, as well as contrast and, and saturation things like that. You can make you know your film gritty or dark. Uh, well, here just, all you have to do is basically say match like the Joker, match the tone of the Joker. That's right. Well, this is yeah. a, you mentioned Color Lab AI. So this is an example here where they, they, they uh, this example where they took a film um, of uh, of a movie that they uh, just off the net and they were editing their own personal. I think it was an indie film, and they just they grabbed a, a frame and said that we really like the color of this particular frame, and then they went ahead and, and selected that and changed the actual color. Of, um, of their shot. So you see here the, the, where they actually have this kind of a yellowish shot, warm, warmer tones, and the other ones were very cool blue. And so they just basically process that frame. They use that as the, as the template for the entire scene. And then they go ahead and run, the, run it and it goes ahead and, and, and grades the entire shot, um, which is really, really cool. Uh, they, I saw another one where they're using it to make it look almost like um, uh, dune or, or, you know, very, very deserty and yellow, almost like a Mars type of, uh, example. That was a really cool mm -hmm. one too. But anyway, I don't have that, but yeah, like you said, there's a lot of that, you know, automatic editing that's going on where they're using, you know, factors like it's doing cuts using audio or visual cues, facial expressions, motions. So a lot of that stuff can be, be done very, very quickly. Um, yeah, we're yeah, showing edit color my film in the style of Alfred Hitchcock. And it goes and does it. <laughs> that's, yeah, exactly. It, you know, that's the thing. Is it, are they going to be able to just not even necessarily show up an image of it? I guess you, I guess you probably want to see it, uh, uh, you know, you have a, a, a basically a, a Pinterest board or something where you've got your, all your different reference uh, images that you want to use. Mm -hmm. um, and then just, you know, I either text or actually use it, you know, visually and say, you know, use that one, use that one, use that one. Yeah, I think it would definitely need to. Well, you know, text of text of video is coming, so I think if you could just describe it, you you wouldn't need to actually give it a, an image to go from. But I think the image is actually better than you know. Who knows what's better? I think I think coming up, it, it may be mute point. Uh, I don't know. Right, and then of course that's been used for object removal, so you can use AI to remove objects or people from footage. Um, I've seen a lot of that, like wires or booms or mics or something that actually got captured in the camera. Um, it can, it can, or somebody running through that you don't want to have then in the scene, uh, you know, some, some, somebody's, you're, you're shooting a shot and you've got a bunch of, uh, you don't have the, the budget or something to shoot it in an actual lot, you know, a, a background lot, you're doing your own independent film, you want to remove stuff. A lot of that object removal is going to be 
you know, basically democratized for everybody to use. Uh, of course, virtual backgrounds, you can replace those green screens with, uh, in real time with uh, allowing those actors to interact with the environment without uh, you know, any need for really post-production or compositing. Here's an, here's an example of that, actually. This is a motorcycle commercial. That's a virtual background back there. There's a guy on a set with a big giant screen behind him that's being camera tracked, that's being adjusted in real time by a game engine. Uh, you can change the background, the lighting, the mood, anything, and you can actually just use the lighting from the screen itself to, to light, the, light the, the, the actor, which actually is, it gives it that immersive quality. No, no outlines like you were talking about in Star Wars. I mean, because the elements are actually there caught in the, in the camera, so there isn't any real compositing done. It's all in camera. Yes. Pretty yes, amazing stuff. Yes, and uh, here's a little example of, of object removal, which is removing the surfer from the scene. I mean, in here you're looking, you can see a lot of the, the cloning uh, actually going on here with the water, but that's kind of neat to be able to do that quickly and, and easily to get that out of there. Um, there's, there's, uh, Adobe's making a, a, a product, which is really, really neat since I'm talking about this, where um, you can do, a, a, I believe it's called a fast, it's called fast mask. And so... It's instead of painstakingly for this particular character or person running or dancing or whatever, you would have to, you'd, you'd click this to, to create a mat and, and, and you would, it would just actually, um, you'd have to fix everything because it's going over the actual um, person animated on the screen or, or moving. And so it's, it's messed up. And so they've got a new AI device where you basically pick a few points on that uh, person and it goes ahead and creates a mask automatically and uh, you can uh, and, and, and you just basically hit play or hit process it processes the entire sequence and if you can see here I wish I sped this up um, but they actually put some text in front of this guy they're showing this at, at one of the conferences in 2018 so it's got to be much much better at this point but um, they went ahead and put text right in front of it and so instead of painstakingly spending hours uh, fixing every frame of this um, this scene, um, you can it, it does it really very very quickly, and that's one of the, the benefits of having AI. It's it's doing these laborious tasks quickly. Yeah, that's actually being used in facial recognition as well, and and uh, to remove people's faces and and make them say things that they shouldn't shouldn't be saying or didn't say, and uh, you know it's it it basically it can track you know recognize your face, tracks it, uh, mm -hmm. and and does a replay a, a facial. Uh, replacement kind of do you remember running man with arnold schwarzenegger and we thought oh my god look at that and how would they you know richard dawson and, and on the game show and they're actually you know to placate the crowd they actually do use some cg shenanigans to put arnold schwarzenegger's face on the on the dirt the actor and kill him and so that everybody, everybody can see that arnold schwarzenegger is, is dead right. and he, he comes back at the end but that that scene in there it just where they digitize his face and they do facial swap and 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 uh track Arnold's face onto the actor, that's actually real today. Yeah, I, I, it's, it's amazing uh, the, the technology you're mentioning about, uh, well, for example, the movie um, The Fall. Um, that the, I don't know if you've seen that. The, it was about two women who climb a 2,000-foot uh, tower, radio tower, oh, no. and then they become stranded at the top. Um, really, really, I, I have a hard time watching it because I, I, I don't like heights, but uh, it's, it's, it's really uh, exciting and thrilling. But... There's a London-based uh, company that uh, was started by uh, Scott Mann, who uh, was a Hollywood director and producer, seasoned, basically, a Hollywood uh, producer and director. He created a, a company called Flawless AI, and they used um, they built a proprietary software, which um, I'll show you the, the, the actual, this is the fall um, poster. But 
they it allowed um, to using generative AI to change the film dialogue. So, for example, in this scene here, you see the actress. They actually used um, the techniques to change a 30, 30 uh, She was using the f bomb basically throughout the the scenes. There's thirty uh, f bombs she used, and it and it and it has a rated R uh, because it it became it becomes a rated R film. So they used this deep fake uh, kind of style tech to change it from a uh, F-bomb uh, F rated R to a PG-13 rating. And so you can see this where they changed it. She was actually say instead of the F-bomb, she'd say frickin'. Or look at this the scene here where they dialogue removed. She's actually, her mouth isn't even moving. And then they dub it with Japanese or uh, Spanish. And so it, really amazing stuff. Really amazing stuff. Yeah, I know they're actually, yeah, can change the dialogue. They can they can motion capture actors and, and track their faces and to have the, the character in the movie uh, you know, when they're trying to do overdubs and stuff, they actually capture the, the, the actor, the foreign actor, mouthing the foreign words and doing the dramatic, you know, the facial expressions. Because a lot of times, if you just do the mouth, uh, it, of course, it doesn't work. The, mouth, the, the lips betray the facial expressions. You know, they're, not, they're out of sync, obviously. And so they actually track it in real time and, and can do that replacement in, in virtually real time. Yes. And this, this one, like I said, it, it'll, it'll, instead of having the performance of the actor, um, you know, you have to reshoot or something for uh, just overdubbing. It, it actually uses that AI to and deepfake technology to basically uh, allow it to the, the actor or actress to have their their current presentation or their their scene and not have to redo that. And it and just basically overdubs it and, it and it looks much much better. Yeah, there's another cool use of of AI, and this is kind of new, more experimental stuff. Is the image to video, where you just take a, an image and you. You, you, you can make a video out of it. <laughs> so it's, it's just amazing how you can animate images. I mean, this is, this is stuff out of Harry Potter, Sean. I mean, you know when they're opening up the, the magazines and you're seeing you know, all the newspapers with the images actually moving and stuff? Oh, I love that. I, I, that's what it reminds me of anyway, uh, is, is this technology is, is, is just going in so many different places. Uh, and, and there's going to be uses for it uh, that we have, don't, can't even think of just, just yet. But I found this to be just a great novelty. I mean, imagine if you opened up a book and you could see your... You're, you know, anyway. The picture's moving like that. That would be fantastic. Yeah, I mean, I'm showing you something here, too, which is basically moving stills um, using uh, Adobe um, Creative um, Cloud uh, techniques and stuff with, with the software that they have. I believe it's Sensei as well. I'm not sure, but this particular thing is um, showing um, how you're animating through a still image. Um, and uh, it's, it's, it makes things more, more dynamic. It'd be neat to have that on on your um, your iPad or something, or or your phone, where you're showing images of your of your trip, and uh, just kind of instead of just a picture, you can actually have it animate, which would be really really cool. Yes, and I I, I tend to you know with the with the way it's 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 getting into everything, and it's it's everything's are starting to the lines are starting to blur between the different uh, you know they're becoming codependent and interreliant and and and. Uh, complementary uh to where i think you know we're, we've talked about you know the nexus or the, the what are the tech the tech unification uh, uh you know that's coming uh it, it's the I feel it. democratization of everything or what, what are you saying that that's included that's included <laughs> in it you know i just and i i'd like to refer to uh the, the legendary uh, Hideo Kojima. Uh, he he basically he's a roboticist in Japan, really into games. A pr pretty prominent guy out, out there. He says, you know, he's he's on a quest, and he, he says, in life people are doing busy things, and 
you have to choose what media or entertainment you experience. And, and the sources are dwindling. And he says more people are looking at different types of media that combine these elements together, Sean. And, and if we just make you know, entertainment or games and movies less likely to, you know, to, you know it, it has to, it, they want to be engaged, basically. And so this convergence that I was just talking about, that's what the word I was looking for is convergence. Mm-hmm. Um, these, all, all these technologies are converging together and, and games are coming together with movies that are coming together with user-generated content all in real time. Uh, thanks to these innovations in AI, we're, we're really headed to some special places as far as just creativity of, of the individual goes, uh, you know, forget you know Hollywood and, and and video you know video editing for a second, where you know you'll be able to do all that stuff yourself. I agree. Here's a, here's an example. Corridor Digital just recently did, which is all over the uh, the net. Wow, amazing work where they basically almost did a a, a they used um, stable diffusion and created animated versions of themselves uh, based on a on a, a particular style. And th- this particular uh, video was was. Uh, uh, I mean, just the, the fact that a lot of this the software is so free, mm-hmm. uh, it, it, it is free basically. You can create just just text image. Um, that you got to check this out if you get a chance. Go on Corridor Digital and check check their uh, their. They have like a, a behind the scenes how they did that. It's really really cool. But you know, this is a, a absinthe is is a style transfer. This is another thing I think we're going to be able to see a lot of where they're basically taking a, an input frame, uh, animated. Uh, and, and, and basically non-animated and then putting it o- across a, a, a input video and then stylizing that video based on that input frame. I think that's the cool, one of the coolest things that we're going to be able to do with, uh, with our own where indie people are going to be able to do. Anybody's going to be able to do that. So, and uh, it is free as well. Absinthe is free. Go on and check out. They have a beta version you can download from their site. Check it so it's a, it sounds like uh, AI is really revolutionizing the way we create you know, digital content uh, from a, from a personal perspective and an industry perspective. You know, it's just people aren't. You know, where is Hollywood going to go when people can create their own high quality, you know, intriguing content? Sean? Right. Well, I mean, maybe it's almost almost like what you'd see in, in gaming, right, where they have the engines, the game engine, you know, Unreal and Unity, and people pick them up, start a start a prototype game. And then sell sell it off to a big publisher. I mean that that that's probably what a lot of this is going to happen. They're going to be doing this because it's 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 looking so good. All the all the the quality of the videos and the and the and the um, the editing capabilities that people have using these AI uh, tools is going to is going to be able to allow people to just do their own stuff. Amazing. Yeah, pretty fantastic stuff. And then of course I know we got to wrap it up, but. Um, there's a lot of uh, really neat tools as far as, as up, upscaling um, your videos. And, and, and a lot of them you shot basically on VHS a long time ago. You use the AI to interpolate and, and add depth and add details that you would normally not have because it was shot badly. So you can fix a lot of old videos you have of your family and things. So, if but, I had uh, a VHS player, I could. <laughs> right, right. And it'll deinterlace it as well. So you won't get those interlaced lines. So. Uh, but anyway, um, we we uh, we really appreciate you, you, you hanging with us today. Um, we had a really great time answering John's question: uh, How is AI being used to uh, in video editing and compositing? We really hope you enjoyed our discussion. Um, that you learn and you learned something you didn't know along the way, because we believe it's imperative to learn at least one thing uh, new every week, whether you need it or not. And if you did, do us a small favor and share it around with some of your friends, because word of mouth is still the best kind of advertising. Uh, also, hit that like button. Uh, because it helps uh, YouTube find other people like you. Subscribe. Uh, and uh, 
we uh, we like to talk about everything uh, that has to do with CGI and VFX related stuff uh, on the CG Insider podcast. And by the way, we do these just for you. So if you get uh, you got a subject you'd like us to discuss, uh, you can let us know by shooting over to the website, uh, the cgbros.com, and go to the About Us tab and click on the Ask Us Anything drop down, just like John did. Yeah, and you can let us know how to make our podcast more useful to you as well. We need your input, so so definitely uh, leave a comment uh, on our website, or you can leave it below. And if you do, we might read your name on a future podcast. No guarantees, but uh, it's definitely a solid possibility. Uh, we bring you a new edition of the CG Insider right here every week, where we discuss things having to do with, as Sean said, CG and digital effects and uh, related matters. And uh, you can find also audio versions of our podcast on all major audio podcast platforms. And uh, have you checked out the CG Bros YouTube channel yet? Well, you should. I don't know what you're waiting for. Uh, it's your front row seat for some great CGI short film entertainment created by some really talented uh, new media producers out there, and, and as well as VFX Studios. So check it out. Uh, and schools. For- oh, yes. yeah, definitely. <laughs> well, we're looking forward to seeing you here again for uh, next week's podcast. Where we'll be answering another great fan question. Are virtual loved ones a good idea? Ooh. Hmm. I see some upside and some downsides to it. See you next time. Well, that does it for today. We sure hope you've enjoyed the CG Bros answer to the question, how is AI being used in video editing and compositing? Thanks for being with us. Did you enjoy the show? We'd love to hear from you. Click the super thanks button on YouTube to show your support. Your tip helps us create more high quality content for you to enjoy. And leave a comment and thumbs up for a chance to be mentioned on a future podcast. If you're not yet following us on our channel, please hit the subscribe button. Subscribing is free and ring the bell for instant notifications when new episodes are posted. Share our videos with your friends on social media and follow us for all the latest news and projects. Want to listen to the audio-only version of the podcast? You can find us on all the major platforms, including Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and more. And here's a free bonus. If you'd like even more insider information delivered right to your inbox, become a CG Insider by subscribing to our free CG Insider monthly newsletter. Go to our website, thecgpros.com, and sign up. Follow us on Facebook, Twitter, Pinterest, Tumblr, and Instagram. And be sure to join us for the next episode when the CG Pros will answer the question, are virtual loved ones a good idea? We can't wait to see you there. This has been episode 2310 of the CG Pros CG Insider Podcast. Thanks again for watching. We'll catch you next time.